Yeah, I do love that because it really just reminds us that we are powerful creators, which we do forget uh, sometimes. <laughs> and, you know, if you actually follow the path of your heart and the path that you came here to go down, you actually can look back and go, yeah, I had those experiences so that I can be this person and I can be this role to help these other people who are having these experiences, right? You know, and I can go down this path. Like I wouldn't go down this path if I didn't have those experiences in the first place. It's actually insane how if we actually look at ourselves rather than just human beings and actually see ourselves as the creator and realizing that we are the universe experiencing itself so that we are that as well. It's like, oh yeah, I did choose this. Like even that shit that happened to me when I was six months old. Okay. Yeah. Maybe my human brain did not choose that, but me, the true me chose it for a reason. So true. And it, it, it can be like, and it's one of those things, it's cool saying it, but how difficult is it to hear that when you're really in your shit? Yeah. Yeah. It's even like hard, even saying it, like I can feel like my, my ego brain is like, cannot conceptualize that. Mm. Like, I don't understand that, but it is the truth of the heart. Right. Yeah. And yeah, when you're in your shit, like nothing makes sense when you're in your shit until you make the choice to come out of your shit. You yeah. Well, well, I think it shifts you from a space of seeing it like that, where you're no longer identifying with those moments. It's like, I, I think I've said in another podcast, because it's, it's one of my deep truths, is that with people who have been sexually assaulted, whether, you know, as child or, or whenever, horrible, horrible, horrible. Now, there seems to be two responses. It's either I'm a victim of sexual abuse or I'm a survivor of sexual abuse. Mm. But I sort of feel like both are actually incorrect because mm -hmm. what both of them are doing are putting all the power of your life into that those moments where you were sexually assaulted. So it, it's, yeah, it's, and again, like we're, we've got to go through the emotion of this it's not easy work, mm. but to be able to choose to move beyond that into a space of, you know what, this happened in my life. Yeah. Full stop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is something that happened. Yeah. I, I really feel that, you know, because for myself, like I've had sexual abuse. I've had those moments. I've had those moments where I didn't even know it was sexual abuse and it happened. And for some reason I felt violated afterwards. Mm. And it's kind of funny because when I, when I realized that that's actually something that just happened and, you know, when you, when you let your human or yeah, let's call it the human, like feel that stuff, but then choose like, yeah, that's, that's just something that happened. Maybe it was in a soul contract, whatever. And like, just choose to not think of yourself as that victim, mm. you know, like um, I think sometimes we unconsciously choose ourselves as the victim of that, even if we don't even know if it's happened, like somewhere in your brain, in your being, it's like, I am the victim of that. And you start to manifest more of it because your body, your, your mind is trying to understand this, is trying to let the emotion fall 
through and and let that energy disperse right it's not until you actually start to like to really look at it and let that move through that you start to manifest less of that sort of stuff yeah because otherwise yeah it's it's, it becomes a feedback loop because you identify so strongly with that that's what you're inviting in on a subconscious level you're not actually going hey please rape me yeah even if you're not conscious of it if you haven't had the experience of moving through the emotion of it and moving through the energy of it and letting that energy go you're gonna start bringing in more of it you know i know for myself i don't remember the the memories exactly but i know that i was molested as a, as a child then i was raped at 17 and then i had more violations along the year along the years and i actually started to see how even though i wasn't conscious of what happened to me when i was a little girl i was still bringing in that energy mm. And honestly, I really feel that that's gone along the line because I know that there are people in my family along the line that have had that too. So it's this energy that kind of just runs through until someone is conscious of it, someone decides to disperse the energy and move the, the energy through mm. and, and to really to choose a different path. Yeah. And I feel like you mentioned earlier that it seems to be our generation has been given the opportunity to decide to to cut this it's almost like it's not even a choice anymore like this is i mean it is a choice but we're so for many of us we're so sensitive it's like you cannot ignore it no you cannot you know when you are conscious of this and you start to really feel it, you cannot go past it you know it wasn't until I had a daughter that I was like, shit, like, I cannot let this go any further. Mm. You know, I, I remember one of the most fucking healing experiences living on this island and living in this house probably about a year ago. And I started to really work with this energy even more. And I remember having this beautiful, expansive orgasm and afterwards like legitimately just like seconds afterwards i started feeling so much pain and i realized that it was not the pain that i was just feeling it was generations of pain it was not even just my generations it was like this collective pain of like violation Mm. and i just felt it and I moved it through and I let it move through. And I just remember feeling so clear afterwards. And I realized like, this is the work that I'm doing for myself so that I can feel free, but I'm also doing this for my daughter. I'm also doing this for the collective. I'm also doing this for the evolution of of humanity. And it's really wild because there are so many people starting to wake up to this. It's like, if we all do it together, Mm. like we can really shift that and change that paradigm. You know, we can really choose the different thread to go down. Yeah. Yeah. It is like the ultimate form of self-responsibility. Yeah. That's so good. And also like, yeah, again, it can feel so like, but why me? It's like, well, well, why not? 
<laughs> at the end of the day, you know, if we, we, we're given the tools to, to change the consciousness, mm. you know, it's, it's such a beautiful gift to be given. Yeah, absolutely. And when we realise, again, that we're, we're powerful creators and that there are many others doing this across all time and space and worldwide, it's like, oh, actually, we're not alone. We're just a bunch of people thinking we're alone until we actually start to like hook up with each other and band together. Mm. And yeah, you know, energetically, we're still so connected. Like Ooh. when we remember that, it's like we're not alone here. We're not alone in this this mission. We're not alone in in what we've been called here to do. You know, our human needs to like actually like talk to people. <laughs> like because it, but that the, and it's also that goes so strongly into what's happening where so many people feel alone in their pain mm. you know they they feel like so isolated in in what is going on and they don't realize that it's an epidemic you mm. know I, I would love i would love to feel like it wasn't as common as it is mm. but it it, it is frighteningly scary how much this is occurring but it's also beautiful that we are in a space where we can choose to shift out of that yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely i mean it's kind of one of those things like different people will wake up at different times to this some may never but this is just a symptom of an underlying cause. It might be happening collectively, but it's just a symptom. If you look at this as a symptom that we're all just so disconnected from each other and from our hearts and from source, you know, from, from the earth even, and we see that our loneliness and our pain is just a reflection of that, it's like we can go, oh, yeah, like that's the root. So let's go back to our roots. And that's all we're being asked to do is go back to our roots, go back to our heart, go back to that source energy, you know, rather than trying to fix it like a Band-Aid, mm. putting a Band-Aid on it. Yeah, we're not we're not a group of individuals. <laughs> you know, we are a collective. It's, it's wild because we're, our humanness is like we're individual, but we're still connected it's like you know we're a bunch of what is it like i don't know like the correct terminology like we're a bunch of atoms just like clumped together mm. we're more space than we are that you know yeah if you look at it on the grander scale that's all we are too we yeah. can work together or we can divide it's up to us yeah and and it, and it is like like looking at the root because like you reminded me of you know like how we're constantly just trying to band-aid things and i remember reading about it wasn't long after the industrial revolution there was this great gin craze and that was the start of when they decided they were going to ban alcohol for a while because what happened these people that have been living in these villages for thousands of years were suddenly transported to the big cities to working factories seven days a week so what were these people doing is getting really drunk every night because they were lost now, instead of looking at, oh, my God, maybe these factories are the cause. Yeah. They blame yeah. the alcohol. Yeah. 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 Oh, God, it's like the same thing of, you know, like alcohol-related violence. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, we'll just make the lockout 
you know, tougher or we'll just reduce the hours that people can be out. We'll reduce the alcohol consumption. We'll reduce this. We'll have tougher laws, whatever. Can we just for a moment, just look at the fabric of our society and look really deep into like why this is even happening in the first place. Why do people feel this incredible need to either act out or go searching for someone to kick the shit out of? Mm. You know what I mean? Like what is actually going on underneath that? For example, like for men, like these poor men have like lived their lives being told that boys don't cry. You have to be tough. You can't express emotion. You can't hug your brothers. You can't like speak what's on your heart. And and then later in life, is it any wonder that we have this massive community or this massive problem, I should say, where these men are just so disconnected from themselves and they just like, this is their outburst, right? Mm. It's just, it's, it's wild to me that the root cause isn't looked at more often yeah because like you said like uh, it's been a long time since i've been drunk but i've never gotten into a fight when i was drunk it just was never in me you know but but if someone is an angry drunk Mm. no there's other stuff going on Mm. yeah well i mean like i can really i can can give some insight to that because i can be an angry drunk if i choose And it's like, there's two different ways. And I don't really drink very often anymore. And at least I don't very drink very much. And, but I remember back when I was a much angrier person and I can see that pattern come up now too. And it's like, there's two different ways. It's like the celebratory, I'm having fun, whatever. I'm just relaxing. But then there's that like really destructive thing that happens and a lot of the time that destructive kind of drinking where I start to get angry and I start to lash out and I start to dishonor my own body and just like just it's this not feeling safe to express myself not feeling safe to express my emotions not feeling safe to move through that and to disperse that energy and to come back into my power I don't feel powerful so I have to go and let go of those those conditionings those inhibitions that are forcing me into this box so that I can go and just lash out and let out all of that fucking energy that's been built up yeah and it's so common and we do i think we're the one of the biggest drinking nations in the in the on on the earth and it is it's just that side effect of absolute emotional repression Mm. yeah it's it's emotional repression and can be so detrimental you don't want to bloody just sit in your emotions and dwell in it and like sink into this like drowning pool Mm. but to just repress them entirely it's a recipe for disaster. Like you become numb. You don't, you don't live life with vitality. You don't live life from that like sense of love and joy and awe. And because of that life becomes dull and it becomes really, it feels like this pressure and this heaviness. It's like, we actually just hold the space for ourselves. Like we would a child, like we should for children. (laughs) Yeah. People don't. <laughs> it's like, oh, actually, like I've had my cry. I haven't dwelled in it. I haven't sat in it for a really long time. I've let it 
flow as it naturally wants to flow without trying to make too much meaning to it and identifying with it. And now I can get on with my life and I feel clear. We all did that. Like, I know I watched my daughter have a big old cry. And two seconds later, she's like, oh, I'm a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but she and she's been allowed to let it out. Yeah. Which is it's such a big difference. Because yeah, look, kids' tantrums can be a bit, you know, mm. they're not convenient, but yeah, children aren't there for our convenience. Exactly. They're they're there for us to teach them the best ways possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like there's boundaries to be had, like the ego can go, oh. If I cry a shitload, I'll get what I want. Yeah, but that's a, there's a but, difference. Like, yeah, that's yeah. A difference. You're letting it out, but you're still holding, you know, your space and your container yeah. and not drawn into it. Yeah, yeah. And it, we, we are there to teach the kids the boundaries. Yeah. We're not there to be their best friends. Like I remember once I was at Target. And there was a woman and this little kid, probably about four or five, yeah, just like cracking it. She goes to him, if you do that three more times, you're not going to get a toy. Mm-hmm. And I was just like thinking, no, love. The first time he does that, mm-hmm. say, I, I think it was, yeah, my older son, um, he, I wasn't there, it was um, his mum, they were at the supermarket and he was about three or four and they're walking along and he saw a toy and he wants a toy and she's like, no. And he cracks it, does the whole like middle of the supermarket. So she just picked him up. She left the shopping there and said, we're going home now and you're going to have to explain to daddy why, why, why he's not getting dinner tonight. He never cracked it again in the supermarket. Mm, yeah. yeah, I feel like there's like different times when an emotion is real and pure and you know like let's let's let it out but let's not dwell in it either let's not like lose ourselves in it and let's not let the ego identify with like oh that's what i do to get me what i want when when nothing else works yeah and i mean i've seen that play out in adults i've seen it play out in myself (laughs) so it's like oh my gosh i can't believe that that's something that played out for me you know, there's these emotions that can be real and pure and just like just moving them out. And then there's that there's that part of the ego that like switches it on, that uses that pain to like get what you want. It's like there's this like discernment between, between like, okay, what is this really right now? Yeah, it's so true. And I was just trying to think of what my control dramas are. And definitely like I get all sullen. Mm. You no, know, I'm yeah. not allowed to express myself. So I'm just going to be shitty. Right? Yeah. 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 I get, I get pretty sulky or I get really, um, depends, depends on who's on the other side of it. It's like real sulky or like really like emotionally explosive. Mm. Yeah. It's like, Oh, okay. Like what's really going on underneath the surface. A lot of the times just fear. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. And it is like it's like we were talking earlier, the, 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 the replaying of our emotional responses and, but without being really connected to it. And that's what keeps happening. Um, and I've said like, you know, like everyone has trauma. Mm. Now, I am so grateful for the more extreme aspects of my trauma because that is actually the easiest stuff to deal with. Mm. It might sound counterintuitive. 
But what I realized was it's the little, the subtle traumas that everyone's holding on to often. And yeah, I, I think my favorite, well, not my favorite, the one I find most disturbing actually is these people that go, well, I was smacked as a kid. Nothing's wrong with me. I actually love it that it's illegal to smack your kids now. Oh, same. So, <laughs> like, oh, so much more to that than just a smack. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's literally reinforcing to the kids, if you don't get your way, best mm. response is physical violence. Mm. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's so many layers to it and it's so intense to think about, but it's like, yeah, like just choosing like, okay, like what does actually feel right to my heart? Does smacking my child or yelling in their face feel right to my heart? I know that I've had my outbursts and it's like when I come back to my heart, I'm like, I'm really sorry. Mummy was not being conscious. Mummy was not, she was not having a good time and it wasn't about you. And it's like when I really listen to my heart, none of that, is truly how I want to show up for her. None of that is how I would want to show up for anyone, including myself. And a lot of the time when we're doing this to other people, it's because somewhere along the way, someone did it to us and we're now doing it to us. Mm. You know, I really feel that how we're treating ourselves is a deep reflection of how we're going to treat others, including our children. But yeah, it was so beautiful what you just said about talking to your daughter and saying, sorry mm. i'm sorry mm. I did that like yeah i've done that with my kids yeah i wish i was a perfect parent but you know none of us are mm-hmm. but I tell you, it, it's such a big difference when you're able to actually say to them hey look I, I made a mistake then because then your kids are more aware that okay mommy's not perfect or daddy's not perfect mm. but when he does make a mistake he stand he he admits it yeah absolutely it's like showing up in your humanness in your truth and admitting like shit like i dropped the ball today i'm so sorry um like what can i do to help i mean like it happened this morning i I forgot to wash my daughter's favorite i know i did wash it and i forgot to hang it out because i really hate hanging out clothes (laughs) and i forgot to hang it out and because of that she didn't have it at daycare I didn't explain to her before we got there. So it was like, oh, this like, oh my God, I don't have my favorite hat. And for her, it was such a big thing, right? Mm. And I just continuously said to her, you know, like, mommy dropped the ball. I'm really sorry. You'll have to wear this hat today. And I said to her, I was like, sometimes unexpected things happen. And we, we do just have to carry on and choose differently another time, you know? And I said to her, I'm really sorry. Mummy did drop the ball. Mummy forgot. And I will make sure that it goes on the line today so you can have it tomorrow. You know, I think back to, you know, I guess my childhood. I didn't, I don't remember ever hearing a sorry. I mean, sometimes maybe just to shut me up, but I've never heard like a real, I'm really sorry about that kind mm. of thing. Yeah. Until later in life. Yeah. I think I got my first proper sorry only a couple of years ago. Mm. Yeah, and again, like, unfortunately, yeah, my my mum's got borderline personality disorder. Mm -hmm. So, look, at at this point, I'm not going, oh, my God, she was just a horrible woman. Like, she had her own trauma. 
Mm. It was severe. So to get to borderline personality status, like that's some heavy, heavy, heavy stuff has happened. So yeah, look, she wasn't in control of her emotions. Mm. But um, yeah, I just yeah, at, at the time, it's hard to understand when you're a kid. Yeah, it it, it is the 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 taking responsibility, and then mm. owning up to it. It's so so vital. Like, and in, in so many aspects. I feel like, you know, it's like taking responsibility, you know, for example, like if you're the, the person on the other side, the parent or whatever, and then even from this like child space, like you're the child, it's like taking responsibility for the fact that again, like you're a powerful creator, you chose this parent, you chose this life. Mm. And also that you've chosen to hold on to this. And now it's time to forgive. And sometimes that means actually putting yourself in their shoes and going, oh, my God, I understand how they felt now. I truly understand that deep sleep deprivation-induced shittiness (laughs) (laughs) and that anxiety of like, oh, my God, you know, I need to be the perfect parent. And because of that, you kind of end up so tense that you end up doing the opposite of what you want to do so like I've gotten to this point where I like I understand now a lot of the stuff between like me and my mother for example because I am a mother now and it's like that forgiveness gives you so much ease Mm. it's like giving yourself for choosing this forgiving them for not being conscious because we're all we can all slip into unconsciousness at times yeah, and, and if, you, if you're choosing to not forgive too, it, it doesn't hurt anyone except yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, and that, that might be hard for some people to say. Like, you know, there were the people in my life, you know, my sister was pretty badly hurt um, in a variety of ways. I don't, mm-hmm. It's her story, so I don't want to go into it. But for me, it was such a big step to start the forgiveness meditations and and lay out but what was interesting I'd been I did it for about three weeks like every night and then I was like hey what about me (laughs) I hadn't hadn't thought to start here so anyone who's thinking of doing forgiveness stuff start with you and it's a little little exercise I do now you know those memories that just pop in your head like 20 years ago I did something really stupid and like everyone does it everyone's got those memories and so if i catch myself doing it i'll just stop take a breath and say i forgive myself for that moment in time Uh, that's such a good point to raise because it's like you can forgive all the people around you but if you're not forgiving yourself you're still going to get triggered by this shit Mm. you're going to be in these patterns yeah and I think this goes back to like your work with teaching people self-love. Mm. You know, love has to start from within. Forgiveness mm. has to start from within. All the work you do needs to start here with yourself and then you can afford to spread it out. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's insane how every relationship we have anything or anyone else is just a reflection of what's going on inside of us Mm. so i know that what like i really deeply desire is to work with women who are are willing to see that 
and to willing to start with themselves before they start going, well, my partner doesn't do this and my partner doesn't do that. I'm like, well, do you do that? You know Mm. what I mean? Like you've got to be able to give it to yourself, receive it from yourself and then be open to the receiving from others. You know, I know for myself, like I was, you know, I still have patterns that come up around this of like not being able to receive and it's like but when I start giving to myself more often and actively receiving from what I'm giving myself rather than like just going through the motions the the amount of love and the amount of pleasure and what I'm able to receive from others expands Mm. it is a deep reflection of what you're doing with you yeah and a hundred percent and and I'll just tap into the, the pleasure bit at the moment because if you're unaware of how to give yourself pleasure, mm. how can you expect anyone else to know what to do? Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes it's simply about presence. Mm. You know, like I just want a man to be present with me. I'm like, I know for myself that up until a few years ago, I was not even present with myself. So how could I expect the man in front of me to be present with me? Mm, exactly. But, and again, it's putting all the power outside of you. Mm. So come back to presence with yourself first. Come mm. back to love with yourself first. Come back to reverence and pleasure and recognizing yourself as this ecstatic, powerful being. Mm. And it's like this is this is the life when you see yourself as that and you let that energy like move through you and live in you it's just going to spread to the rest of your life life as if like just bringing back color to your life like it's like I envision you start to fill up with color and then the world starts to fill up with color yes and this is like and when you're talking about that it just reminds me why I believe in magic because it's almost magical how it happens and how it occurs because it's sort of hard to comprehend that what you are changing internally is really going to affect everything but it does it really does and it's a whole I guess law of attraction thing which I hate to use that term because it's just so overused yeah but um there's there's a truth to it yeah there really is I have someone close to me right now who's quite a bit younger and she really reminds me of my angry, anxious, like party girl self from many, many years ago. And she'll come back from, I don't know, like the shopping center or whatever. And she's always got someone to complain about. And it's like, people are so rude and retail managers are so rude. And I, it's just like there's this like identity for her around people in retail stores treat her like shit. And I can remember myself being like that. But now when I go out, because I'm giving myself that love and I'm I'm recognizing that if something, if someone's treating me like shit out in the world, it's probably because on some level I'm treating myself like shit and it's just being mirrored back and I need to look at it. And I have a great time when I go out. <laughs> like yeah. I really- like retail shops and and cafes and stuff like I don't really have any attachment as well to how these people are treating me because I also know that they have their own shit going on it's not about me Mm. yeah 
I, I feel the same. Like, yeah, when I was younger, my energy was just so withdrawn and so down that I wouldn't get treated in this marvelous way. It's almost like we spend our lives looking for people to validate us and, and lift us up. But the lifting has to start. And look, seek help. Get to know how to do these practices. But yeah, it makes such a difference. And yeah, literally, like there's um a little, I think it's a Turkish little mini supermarket. I always have a great time in there. I find the staff really funny and friendly. And yeah, I was speaking to a friend who's one of those people that gets in his own head too much. And he was telling me how horribly he was treated. Mm. I was like, wow, but you know, I didn't want to say it because, yeah, like he's got to come to these some of these conclusions himself. Or maybe I do have to be a bit more, dude, this is what you're doing. In fact, I think I'm going to start doing that from now on. Just calling people out a little bit. Not not in a harsh way, but just a little like, you see what you're doing there? Yeah. With love. Yeah. 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 Sprinkle. Yeah. Little little seed. Mm. Yeah, but it's so funny how perspective and how you see yourself and how you treat yourself can really change your perspective of your outer reality of the, the world around you. Mm. And it's direct reflection every time, you know. Mm. Yeah, and it is, yeah. Um, turning back the layers of the perspectives too. Because, yeah, there'll, there'll always be different elements that we, we struggle with. For me, I realized not long ago that, that when I'm in a, a relationship, it's really hard for me. Like my body starts freaking out. But it was like, okay, so, and then realize, yeah, it was just all coming back to not feeling safe. And, and this fear, I'm going to get rejected. Yeah, my fear of rejection. And then I realized too, so what I've done and this is a pattern that's happened again and again. So the people I love, I'll actually just start rejecting a little bit, you know, just like push them away. And then I'm in the, oh, poor me. I get, I'm so lonely. It's like, I've created that. Yeah. Oh, mate, do I resonate with that? That's actually insane. Yeah, how much I resonate with that. It's, it's kind of funny because I'm kind of seeing relationships as, yes, they're this wonderful place where you can work through this. And it is it is so deeply, um, again, just a reflection of what's going on for you and your patterns and what's, you know, underneath the surface of, you know, that cool, calm, collected. And it's wild too, though, because if you choose someone who's also conscious and chooses to be conscious of this stuff, and chooses to come back to love and to work through these patterns together, I feel like that's where you can truly open, mm. you know, because if we're choosing someone that our heart's like, mm, I love this person and it feels like so beautiful, but then these patterns start to come up and you can't really unravel them because the other person isn't being conscious of their own patterns as well. There's a point where you have to go, all right, I see that these are this is what's going on for me and I'm choosing to step away because there's nothing we can do further together. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's just me personally, but yeah. No, I, I agree. Like there's got to be a certain amount of medicine mm. in any relationship. And that's not just a physical partner, but that's any. And, and I like to use the term medicine because there is healing that goes on as we relate to people. 
Now, if that medicine, if you get to a point where the medicine's not working anymore for each other, mm. the best thing to do is to, you know what, we can step away. Mm. Mm -hmm. And to be able to step away before you get to that point of like, oh, my God, I hate you, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's actually wild to me because it's like, oh, we need to like struggle through it. We need to struggle through it. It's like, okay, yeah, like going deeper doesn't feel comfortable all the time, but mm. there's so much beauty that can come out on the other side of that. You know, you can be with someone and you can be choosing to go deeper and they can be choosing to stay on this level over here, you know, or to go higher or whatever, however you want to see it. Yeah. And it's like, Go deeper by yourself and leave the relationship or, or create a struggle there or go deeper together. Like you can't drag the relationship down into those depths by yourself. You have yeah. to be willing and conscious and consenting to going through it together. Yeah. And I also feel like for me personally too, I feel like it's often the case where there's an over-reliance on that one person to be all of your medicine. Mm, yes you know and i feel like that's a trap that people fall into and it's mm. almost like there's a fear well if i let them go out you know if they're getting healing from elsewhere then oh my god they're going to meet someone else and mm. whatever the story is yeah however you know being able to let go and recognize that yeah you've got this person that you've chosen but the best thing we can do is grow and there'll be times to grow together and there'll be times to do our own thing i look you can't help me with this particular problem. It doesn't mean the end of the relationship, but I've got to go off and do this with other people. Mm, yeah, absolutely. It's like this way of being, which I feel is like really in this Western Christian focus culture of like, this is your one and only, and this is the only person you can fight in. This is the only thing you do things with. This is the only person you have sex with, whatever, like whatever that means to a person. And then coming out and going, hey, what's really true for me? You know, what's really true in terms of emotional commitment, in terms of how I want to spend my life with the person that I'm with? Okay, what's really true for me? Do I want to be in this forever and ever agreement to be together and be the one and only? Or is it actually true for me to have other partners? Is it true for me to, like for myself, I know I'm sitting here and I'm like, I really don't know if I ever want to live with a with a partner. And if we do, having like complete separate wings of the house for ourselves. It's challenging all of this conditioning, you know, around possession, mm. the person being a possession or are being attached to like that that it's their duty to be this person for me mm. you know? it's yeah, that so person will complete. yeah yeah like um they're my better half like oh my gosh i do not understand that yeah you know like you are whole in yourself and no one is better or worse than you uh, we're all just having an experience together it's like and to call yourself a half and to call yourself the worst half it's mm. so weird to me. I know, but it, and it is. It, like what you were saying about this is a societal thing. And beyond the church or whatever, I blame Disney. Disney's a big one. Bloody Disney. Those damn Disney princesses waiting mm. for that guy that's going to fix all their problems. Mm. And it's like, and then when the guy can't fix a particular problem, 
there's this, oh, well, the relationship's over. Yeah, yeah, it's actually insane. I I don't, I do not want my daughter watching the old Disney princess movies. Some of those new ones are pretty bloody good. Mm. But those old ones, like The Knight in Shining Armor and I'm like a damsel in distress and like I'm completely like, you know, and it happens for men too. Like, you know, the amount of men that I've dated in the past that are really like waiting for a girlfriend to get their asses into the gym or waiting for a girlfriend to like make their diet better or waiting for a girlfriend to prove to them that they are lovable. It's it's actually, and I know for myself, it's like, it's happened for me too. It's like when we realize that we're lovable in ourselves, that we can make our own choices and be sovereign. It doesn't matter whether that person's there or not. It doesn't change your wholeness, your whole, just that's it, your whole. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and then you'll be looking for a partner that's actually complementary. Yeah. And we'll have that complementary medicine. And I keep on going back to that term medicine because I believe like all relationships contain mm. medicine to help us grow. And it is about finding that person who complements where we are at at any particular moment. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I feel that. And, you know, like, I can't even regret any of the relationships I've had in the past, even the ones that have felt seemingly pointless Mm. because there's even been like little flings where I've learned something about myself or I've learned something about the world or I've been like inspired by a, a particular aspect of that person. There is medicine in every single relationship and in everything that you do. And once you realize that, it's like you can have this immense gratitude even just for like those week-long flings or those 50-year relationships like you can have such gratitude for just being around people in community Mm. wow this has been an epic conversation Tanika I really um... I'm feeling like whoa we just went on like a roller coaster I just went into so many different depths and avenues like Mm. oh that was fun yeah beautiful well um yeah i think we'll uh stop recording the episode now so thanks everyone for listening i might even break this up into two parts i'm not sure how long we've talked for but it feels like it's been a while um thank you so much tanika for joining me today and uh everyone out there stay rascally (laughs) 